Welcome to the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, where it's all about slashing your debt, slashing your taxes, and creating a liberated lifestyle. And now, your host, who met his wife while training for the 400 meters in Seattle and is eating gluten-free while lusting after bread, Dave Denniston. My name is Dave Denniston, your host, and welcome back to the latest episode of the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast. And welcome back to our fireside chat with a physician to get to know their journey, their joys, and their struggles with finances and outside of finances. And my friends, in this show, I'm really trying to dig deep and find some interesting people, some interesting doctors to speak with. And as a matter of fact, I featured this physician a few weeks ago in three blogs for physicians that you may not have heard of. So our next guest, he is one of those bloggers. He is a physician, he is a father of five, and he claims he is a bit of a finance philosophy and psychology junkie. And why did he start blogging? He started blogging because he wants to help other high-income parents navigate the obstacles that we all have in trying to raise well-rounded, well-adjusted, motivated, and well-educated kids. And you know, I'm an only child myself, and uh, I've been blessed with having all of my parents' attention growing up and, and now with having two beautiful girls, one going on being a teenager, this kind of mission just really hits home for me. So I really love what he's been doing with this blog. And, you know, I didn't have a sibling, so I've really missed perhaps some of these lessons along the way. And so I just can't wait to hear about his journey and his advice for us. Please help me welcome Dr. Tom Rarden from High Income Parents. Welcome, Tom. Thanks, Dave. Really glad to be here. Well, this is your first podcast, so uh, we're breaking you in here, Tom, and I'm so glad you're here to share with us your wisdom and your journey. And we're going to get in some content, we're going to get in some advice, but I always feel it's great to give people a background. So tell us a little bit more about you, Tom. Where did you grow up and what was your childhood like? Uh, so I was born in Oklahoma, but we got down to Texas pretty quick, and I've spent most of my life uh, here in Texas, which I think is a good thing. Um, I had two younger brothers myself, but I'm the oldest, so I kind of took the lead on that. And um, as I grew up, my dad had a business, and my mom stayed at home with us. And so uh, I got a, a little bit of business exposure. I worked with him some during summers as I was in high school. Um, but I also had an aunt who was a physician, an anesthesiologist, and um, and so I got a lot of influence from her. And so I went through school, and um, college came, and I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. I like science and math and all that stuff, but uh, business was kind of interesting too. And I had a little bit of business exposure with my dad, um, but I thought before I decide what I'm going to do, for the rest of my life, maybe I need to look into medicine. So I, uh, I asked my aunt if there were any jobs around the hospital and, uh, she was able to put in a good word for me. And I got a job part-time, uh, while I was going to college there in Austin. And, uh, it was a pretty nice gig. Got to wear pajamas at work every day and work in the air conditioning and, uh, mess around with, uh, science and, and uh, help some people out, and I just kind of slowly grew to love it, and so I thought I better apply to medical school, and uh, here I am today. Look at you now. So, 
Tom, as as you're growing up, I imagine you're, you're around your aunt. You you found um, through her connection um, this job in the hospital. Um, were you an undergrad at that particular point, or was this still in high school? I had just finished high school and started that summer, and I was able to continue the job throughout undergrad. So, what were you thinking? You know, in in undergrad, were you pre med then uh, in college, or what was that like? I did start out, my major was zoology, uh, just because I wasn't as into plants. Um, but uh, having that major enabled me to have, uh, to take the pre-med requirements, you know, kind of early on. And so, you know, there's a lot of a leeway initially. And so if I did end up going into business, uh, I don't think it would have put me too far behind. But I was able to start out in the science side. I think I kind of knew all along, I like the the doctor side more than the business side. Hmm. Fascinating. So you, you go for your pre-med and, and as you're growing up, just tell us about kind of your, your relationship with money. Was it something, was money something taught to you by your folks? Was, was it a subject among the family? Like with your aunt, she was someone you were looking up to regarding uh, finances or what was that like for you? You know, it, it wasn't discussed a lot, um, there was just some kind of underlying good ideas, I think, as far as not going into debt and um, trying to live within your means. But it was never really stressed to me in that standpoint. Um, we, you know, we we weren't, I guess, quote unquote, rich. You know, growing up, we we always had everything we needed. But I I don't think anybody would, you know, look at us as wealthy. But um, you know, it, it, it's kind of interesting that they never really stressed the financial aspect, but it was just kind of understood that you don't do things that put you in trouble. Um, my aunt, you know, they, they did very well. They weren't able to have children. And so I think I've benefited from that standpoint. And, uh, and uh, they, you know, again, they didn't really teach me much about it. I, I definitely became more interested in it later on in life as I uh, grew up, but, um, you know, there, there weren't any concrete financial lessons that were bestowed to me as a kid. So it sounds like debt was something that was, was important, um, that your folks wanted to pass on. What, do you remember those conversations? What was that like that that stuck with you? Yeah. I, one thing I remember is, uh, as a kid, there was a formal dance and uh, I didn't have a jacket, you know, to go to a formal dance. And so, um, there was kind of stress cause there, there wasn't money in the budget for me to go do that. So we were, we were trying to figure out ways to get around that. And eventually we were able to find, find some uh, extra funds to buy that so I could go to this function. Um, but, uh, it's just kind of, kind of that underlying mentality that, you know, you don't just go put something on a credit card. You, you need mm. to have the money in the bank before you go and spend spend it. Were you working at all um, during high school or college or anything like that? Uh, a little bit. I think this was before I had a job, um, but then afterwards, I I did some office work for my dad, um, just you know, filing and answering the phones in the summers, um, but not a whole lot besides that in high school. So you're an undergraduate, and you did went down a path of going to medical school. Um, what happened for you financially, kind of in in that time period? 
Well, thankfully, uh, my parents helped me out with some tuition uh, expenses, and I was able to, you know, pay for my room and board and and whatnot through the hospital job and and picking up some other things along the way. Uh, so I was able to graduate high school or high school college without any debt. Um, but then, as you get into medical school, you know, they just filed you into the uh, financial aid office and. There wasn't really any money available for financial aid um, at that point, and so uh, I did have to borrow some money to go to, to medical school. But thankfully, my school was uh, a state school and, and was mm. very cheap. Um, and then I, uh, my wife and I were married in the summer between first and second year, and I affectionately referred to her uh, refer to her as my sugar mama during medical school <laughs> so she paid for our our expenses for a lot of the time and then uh, we didn't have to borrow too much uh, except for tuition at that point hmm. well that's a blessing uh, not to have much of that going on so it sounds like when you got out of medical school did you have six figures plus in in debt then or what what happened with that? i did, did you get into your pocketbook yeah i did uh I think I had about $80,000 in debt uh, once I graduated, but, um, you know, medical school debt or just student loan debt in general was a little scary to me then, probably scarier to me then than it would be now. Um, you know, I've talked about this on the blog, you know, looking back, would I have paid off my loans as quickly as I did? But I, I just kind of wanted to get those out from uh, over my head. And so we lived pretty cheap as we graduated. When we moved um, from Houston over to San Antonio, we just rented a house for the first couple years. And, um, yeah, and it, and it, and I was going into private practice, so it took a little time to build up some uh, revenue coming in because it wasn't a salaried position. Mm. But, uh, you know, we, we just kind of threw a lot of money at those student loans as we saved up for a down payment on a house and, it all got paid off pretty quick. Um, I don't know that I, you know, was going like my hair on fire to get those things paid off, but I, it, I just saw debt and I, I wanted to eliminate it. You know, looking back with the student loan rate, I think I had them refinanced to 3.25% at the time. And I guess I've heard of people getting even lower now, but um, I probably wouldn't have paid them off as quickly you know, knowing what I know now, I, I didn't know as much about finance and, and things of that nature right when I was graduating medical school. So tell me more about that. If if you're saying you would not have paid it off as quickly, tell me more about that decision. Um, if you would go back in time, what, what would you have changed? Well, yeah, depending on who the person is, I, I can't fault anybody for paying off a debt. It's not the end of the world. You can certainly do a lot worse things with your money. But, um, you know, just knowing what I know about investing and, and, uh, uh, putting money in the market, I think it could be better used. Um, I actually wrote a, a post about that, that, uh, you know, should you put money away for, uh, emergency fund? Should you pay off debt? Maybe neither. And I might be in the maybe neither crowd at this point. Um, but mm -hmm. I was in the payoff debt crowd back, uh, 11 years ago. Well, what do you make of for um, if if you were to switch situations where a lot of physicians today, you know, I see two hundred thousand, two hundred and fifty, three hundred thousand dollars plus in student debt. Do you think if you were in that situation, 
would you perhaps change that knowing that nowadays, you know, as, as you're just starting practice, a lot of times you can't get 3%, you know, a lot of times it's five or six, um, that you're able to refinance at when you're just fresh, um, transitioning to practice or in residency. Right. Yeah. I, I, uh, I see that on the student student loan refinance sites that the rates are are definitely higher nowadays. Um, you know, right at that's kind of the tipping point for me is about six percent. Um, right around there, you're it might be difficult to get a to beat a guaranteed return of six percent. And so, if you came and told me, you know, Tom, I want to get rid of the student loan debt ASAP. The the least I can get is six percent. I w- I wouldn't have a problem with that at all. If you could get lower rates, um, then maybe you should put it off. But at the same time, I think the mindset should be that that's essentially a, a mortgage, and you know maybe you shouldn't be buying a house. You sh- I, I definitely don't think you should be getting a hundred percent loan at that point, um, and just you know looking at it at that standpoint if. If you want to look at it as a mortgage and you want to get it paid down or, or uh, something that wouldn't be as uh, difficult to overcome if something happened to you, um, you know, it, it's really definitely situational because I know some, you know, student loans will uh, be forgiven if, if a disability or something like that were to happen. Uh, but, yeah, I, I have some younger partners coming out and I hear about them with these high or, you know, mid six figure student loans. And, um, I advise them to, you know, seriously consider about paying that, especially if they're in the 6% range, get, get it down to a more manageable area at least. Well, and, and I think that's great mentorship, uh, as, as, um, there, there probably is a line that you could draw in the sand and say, okay, you know, I might be able to do better than this particular percentage. And so everyone keeping that in mind is, is great. And certainly the more longer you're in practice, the more you might have a chance to refinance. Uh, although with rising rates, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. All right. Well, let's take pause here for a second and go to our commercial break. Well, if you are like some members of my audience, you are committed to being an amazing doctor and succeeding at life. But the truth is you've never received financial training during medical school and you struggle with enough time to do it all. And well, my friend, about a year ago, I started offering my book, The Freedom Formula for Physicians for only a dollar plus shipping. Well, this offer, it's coming to an end. And so only through the end of August, you can still pick up my book, The Freedom Formula for Physicians, for only a dollar. That's right, the whole copy, a physical copy to hold in your hands for only a dollar plus shipping. And actually, that's only just part of this incredible deal because I throw in a bonus electronic copy completely for free so you can start reading it immediately. But there's a problem. This is coming to an end. So make sure you take me up on this offer. Are you ready to pick up this book and get the financial training that you've desired? You can visit the podcast website now at www.drfreedombook.com to pick up your copy, or you can simply text Dr. Book to 44222. 
don't let this podcast, my friend, be like other ones where you hear great information, you get some new ideas, but you never actually complete anything. To snag your copy now, visit www.drfreedombook.com or text Dr. Book to 44222. Tom, I'd love to know, um, as, as you've now been in the stage where you transitioned to practice, you, you were really serious about paying down your debt, what do you think was some of the best financial advice you received? Like, who were some of your mentors? It sounded like your, your parents instilled some good stuff in you, but you really became passionate about finance at some point. Was it through some sort of mentorship or some other doctors you talked to or something you read or, or what, what happened um, to give you some really great financial advice to turn on to where you're at now? Well, I definitely uh, was not one of these doctors that was a genius with finance right from the get-go. I made a, a my fair share of mistakes, and uh, I wish I would have found some of the information a lot earlier than I did. Um, number one, I would say my aunt and my parents both instilled in this that once there was some extra income coming in is to pay myself first. And so I've had that mentality that you know, investments and savings need to be one of the first things that come come out of the paycheck. And uh, I've really tried to set up, you know, either automation through my company's 401k or just uh, savings for the kids' 529 plans or, or investing in a, a taxable account that uh, all those things kind of come out first. And then we look, okay, can we buy that item that we need or go on that vacation that we want to go after all that comes out. And that's really made a big difference over the last 10 years. Um, the other thing that my aunt told me one day as we were uh, cleaning up her, uh, they have some lake property and I've spent a lot of time out there just doing yard work and, and cleaning up brush and things like that. And I guess I commented one time how, you know, how hot and sweaty and difficult we were. And, and she said, you know, you're going to be working the rest of your life. You might as well do something that you really like doing. And, uh, so that I kept thinking about that when I was pulling all nighters in school. Um, but yeah, those, those are kind of a couple of the main things, uh, as far as financial advice that I really like. So it sounds like what, what you've done well with is just having different buckets and putting money aside for that and then kind of planning on everything else that you have after that's taken care of. Did I capture that right? Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, paying yourself first was probably the best thing that I could tell somebody. Hmm. Great advice. What about on on the other side, Tom? What, what do you think, uh, on this journey that you've had, what's been the biggest financial mistake you made in this journey? Oh, there's been a few, and thankfully you know, I've had a high enough income where we've been able to recover um, I've talked about this on the blog too, my, uh, not so magnificent seven, fi- <laughs> uh, mistakes, financial mistakes. I'd say probably one of the worst is investing money for family members. Um, mm. you know, I started out in medical school right around the dot com era and, uh, you know, everything was just going up, up, up. And I, I had to get into that. And so I bought my fair share of, um, dot-com stocks and thankfully I didn't really have much money and uh, so I didn't lose much money when I that all <laughs> went belly up uh, but then uh, I uh, as I got out and and uh, was able to invest some other funds I got into options 
And again, you know, it was a case of a doctor thinking he knows more than he really knows. And uh, I actually did make some money initially. And uh, my mother-in-law heard about this. And so she thought it'd be a great idea for me to invest some of her money. And so sure enough, uh, I took on that responsibility and, and quickly lost all of her money. Don't worry, oh, I no. paid her back completely, and and we're we're good. Thanksgiving dinners aren't uh, awkward or anything, <laughs> but um, that's that's definitely a big no no to uh, invest other people's money. I could see you know giving advice, but ultimately I think I would leave it up to each individual to make their own decisions on what they think is best with their own money. Wow. Well, that's uh, I have to imagine the moment that you've talked to her must have been a hard one. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a, it wasn't a pleasant conversation. And, um, thankfully again, it wasn't something that was irreconcilable or I couldn't recover from, but it's definitely not a, a call you want to make. Thankfully we had already been, you... I was going to say, thankfully we'd already been married for, uh, several years and I'd won her, uh, favor before that, or else I would have been in a lot of trouble if I was still just dating your daughter. <laughs> what, what were you feeling at that moment? You know, that were your hands shaking? You know, what, what was that moment like when you, you had to make that phone call? Oh, I mean, initially, you know, your pride's definitely hurt. And, uh, but that's, that's another big piece of advice that I try to give my kids is you just need to step up when you're wrong and admit you're wrong. You know, people, will tend to forgive you if, if you really were, did have their best interests at heart and, um, and you just messed up. And, and I, I think that, that categorized that situation for me. I really did. I wasn't trying to, <laughs> to hurt her, but, um, you know, you just gotta take your medicine and say, this is, this is what I did. I'm really sorry. And, um, I'm going to step up and we'll, we'll make it, make it right. And we did. So. All right, my friends, well, that will wrap up part one of our interview with Tom Reardon from High Income Parents. And I just really enjoyed this interview with Tom, having actually never had the opportunity to speak with him before or having much of an interaction. Uh, I think he's really got a good head on his shoulders and some really good advice for all of us with kids. And speaking of kids, in the next part of this, which I believe is coming out here in the next week, you are going to be discovering he has five kids. So how the heck is he saving for college for all five of them? And how is that kind of factored into his retirement plans as well as how he thinks about for um, specialists versus primary care? Also, you're going to gain knowledge on preparing for retirement at an early age, which given one of our last interviews with Physician on Fire, I think is super important for many of us as we consider how long we can work. And so with that, uh, thank you again so much for listening, for taking time out of your precious schedule to spend some time here with me and with Tom today. And remember, my friends, we are looking, I am looking to help make a hundred new physician multimillionaires. So if that is you, if you are looking for advice, feedback, help on working towards that, please email me, dave at Dr freedompodcast.com. I'd love to help you and however I can to get you on your road to being a multi-millionaire. For the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, this is Dave Denniston. Make sure to listen to part two for Tom coming out soon. Have a good one.